Here is a new type of weird tale, and new thrills await you as you read about the sinister exploits of Dr. Satan, the world's weirdest criminal. He's an immensely wealthy man, who has turned to crime to satisfy his longing for thrills, and he makes crime pay beyond the dreams of avarice. For if it did not pay, the game would not be to his liking. He swims to power with utter disregard for others, striking down those in his path cruelly, ruthlessly, inexorably, and weirdly. He is no ordinary villain, but is truly the mastermind of crime, possessing scientific knowledge and power that make him unique among all the so-called masterminds of fiction. He well merits the sobriquet of Dr. Satan, but he is opposed by another mind in many ways equal to his own, Ascot Keen, criminologist par excellence, known even to his intimate friends as only a millionaire playboy. He has turned to tracking down crime for the same reason that Dr. Satan has turned to committing crime, for the thrill of the game. This story is the first in a series of tales, each complete in itself, in which these two strange characters strive against each other. We know that you will be fascinated with the harrowing adventures of Dr. Satan and Ascot Keen, and each of these stories is a genuine weird tale, eerie, uncanny, and permeated with an icy breath of horror, like a cold breeze from the tomb. Kayla, you asked last time, what was that musical where uh, people dance and then go to hell? Yeah, that's it's, right. It's Hell's a Poppin'. That's it. Thank you. Fuck. It took me like an episode, but I figured it out. I figured I'd save that Holy information. Shit. Yeah, it's Hell's a Poppin'. That's what it was. I, I, I did not remember for the life of me, even two weeks later. So thank you. You're welcome. Hey, welcome to Undercooked Analysis. We're back. We're back to talk about uh, the next part of Dr. Satan. Part two <laughs> of installment one. <laughs> of what, six installments? Six or eight, something like that. Something like that, yeah. We have a guest. Yes. It's so me! I'm the guest! <laughs> Hi, Matt. Hi! It's good to see you. How are you? I turned older today. Yeah, today's Matt's <laughs> birthday. I don't want to do that anymore. <laughs> Can we pause that? <laughs> I turned older today as well. I think we all did, if I'm being honest. <laughs> you, you I didn't. I took wrong. my pills. Oh, tight, tight. Yeah, yeah. You didn't go to M. Night Shyamalan's Island makes you older? Nah. Like I did? Yeah, God. <laughs> I in, but I was like, eh, I don't feel like it. You know, it's probably for the best, honestly. Oh, I want, you know what? I want either Alan or Bismi to explain what we've read so far to... Uh, <laughs> the, yeah. the truncated right. version. Yeah, and like me on Doctor Satan, is this uh, the uh, is this what Rob Zombie based his hit movie House of a Thousand Corpses on? I did make that no. joke last. Time. Hey, hey, minds think alike. Probably hey. must be the money. No, okay. <laughs> so to be very, very, because I don't want to give away our in jokes. Um, I want you to discover them as we read them. Hopefully, they continue. But yeah. the plot, the basic, basic plot is uh, Dr. Satan has been killing or ransoming millionaires to pay him money that they can't possibly afford. So he kills them anyway to send a message to other millionaires because he himself is a millionaire but is bored. So he's just doing crime for fun. And his foil is Ascot Keen, who <laughs> uh, I don't even know how to describe him. Uh, he, he is a weird long man. And um, <laughs> is a genius as well. So it's kind of like two inverse Batmans uh, duking it out. And uh, the the one thing I will tell you is that there's a lot of ridiculous ass names in this story. And I hope there's more. <laughs> and so far, um, Dr. Satan has killed people with what's called the, the death shrub or the death bush, which you inhale and then it grows out of you, like out of your head. Yeah. Or he can kill you pyrokinetically with fire from a very long distance away through ancient Egyptian magic. <laughs> and he has um, two creatures named Gers and Bostif. One looks like a legless gorilla and one just is described as a monkey man. <laughs> That's kind of it. And this already sounds like it's awesome. Oh, it's fucking great. <laughs> yeah, this is this was public domain? Mm-hmm. Yes. Why don't yeah. we just make real fucking like Doctor Satan cartoon and be like B-Tass, you know? <laughs> be, be fucking hit. We're gonna like 
set up her own animated universe. Oh, nothing yep. would make me happier than to adapt this to the screen. I, I will say right off the bat that I've been planning a Mutants and Masterminds campaign for a while that contains all sorts of like old pulp heroes and stuff. And Dr. Satan is fucking in now. Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. into the big bad. Oh, yeah. oh speak, speaking of RPGs, should we roll to see who's going to read? Oh, uh, yeah. The order. Oh, can just get yeah. It, um, that there was a probably future marine probably a, put in an old timey recap at the beginning of this. So hopefully everybody's, including Matt, is a little more caught up. But uh, if that's not the case, uh, just you know you can go back and listen to part one. It's going to be part of an ongoing series. But yeah, just like last time, and this did get dropped from the episode because we had a couple of audio issues. We're going to roll dice to see who goes first. Okay, so, taking out my Fallout dice. Hey Ooh, I got a nineteen. I'm going to roll it. I'm gonna I got roll a it. seven. 17. I got a one. I got a nat one. I got a ten. So, Abysme, Alan, David, Matt, then me. Works for me. Ah, shit. Okay. All right, everybody, brace yourselves. We're going back into the world of Dr. Satan. Okay. <clears throat> Chapter four, Satan's Trap. In front of a triple mirror before which was a bench holding hundreds of tiny pots and jars, Ascot Keen worked deftly. His fingers flew from jar to feet. Uh, sorry, from jar. Just lost my fucking place. God damn. Uh, from jar to features? From jar to feet. What? The- no, I didn't. <laughs> Holy shit! Already! Holy shit! His fingers flew from jar to features, pot to face? What? This is the first 25, sentence! 25-22, motherfuckers! <laughs> <laughs> oh right, Super Bowl. The Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. There's three seconds left. <laughs> We're never gonna start this episode. <laughs> I did it, me. <laughs> I always knew you could do it, son. <laughs> You've made your old pop proud. Anyway, what are we doing? Right. Oh yeah. We're, I'm trying uh, to figure out this face. goddamn sentence. His fingers flew from jar to features, pot to face, and as they flew, his face subtly altered. Already it was no longer the face of Keen. It was a conten- countenance which to Beatrice Dale was vaguely familiar, though she could not yet name it. I, I muted myself because there's fireworks going on. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Oh, This is a anyway, good day. Uh, that hideous death shrub, he said. I can't yet see how it is used by Dr. Satan. You've seen Indian fakirs make a tree grow in a pot, haven't you? Said Keen. Yes, I've seen people grow a tree. (laughs) (laughs) You see, Beatrice, water, oxygen, sunlight. Did you know I'm a good girl? (laughs) Silly woman. Uh, usually it's a miniature orange tree. They make it grow before your eyes and pick an orange from it. Well, Dr. Satan's wizardry is something like that, only it utilizes a form of thorn bush that flowers in human substance instead of earth. How many just... How much weird shit just thrown out as fact in this story? Yeah. Yeah. Is it, is it me? Yeah. Okay. He reshaped his lips with a collection... Uh, wait, Kaledian? Wait, what? Kaledian? He reshaped his lips with a Kaledian like red lacquer, and the girl cried aloud. Keen's face was that of Wallstead. Oh. Line for line, it was Wallstead's slightly puffy countenance that was reflected in the mirror. A close friend of the dead millionaire would have been deceived. So he can shapeshift. Uh, I figured it was about time we got what? to see what Ascot can do, but. <laughs> Ascot Keen is magic. Okay. Well, I guess he's 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 using makeup or something to really like. He's using like a disguise kit. Oh, that's that what the, of, that. the pots and jars. That's what he's doing. Oh, yeah, he's putting on okay. makeup. He's trying to dress up right. He's trying to raise the curtain on the Muppet Show tonight. Yeah, yeah, go for it. What are you planning to do, Ascot? Asked Beatrice. Keen began pinning thin pads to the lining of his coat. To give his lean, strong body the bulk of Volstead's puppy body. <laughs> <laughs> Even in death, we can't let Wallstead go. No. Remember how... <laughs> remember Wallstead? <laughs> I, I barely remember Wallstead. He, wasn't he some guy? He was some guy who flew a plane. I don't know. Yeah. 
Dr. Satan sent his note to Wallstead to put the money in a trash can at Broadway and 17th 6th Street. Very well, I'm going to take Wallstead's place. Made up as him, I'll drop a package in that can and wait to see who picks it up. Beatrice shook her beautiful coppery brown head. Wallstead's death isn't out in the papers yet, but surely Dr. Satan must know that the man is dead, or are you hoping to fool him? Dr. Satan said Keene dryly. Hardly has to wait to get his information from the newspapers. Then he'll know that the man who looks like Wallstead and who drops the package in the trash can can't possibly be Wallstead. That's right, said Keene, drawing on the padded coat and scrutinizing himself in the triple mirrors. But he'll guess it's you, and he'll almost certainly try to kill you. That's what I'm hoping. I kind of want to die, said Keene. <laughs> I want Dr. Satan by- to assist my suicide. Oh, God. <laughs> This is my last case, Beatrice. Uh, (laughs) That's what I'm hoping, said Keene, putting on a hat of the type worn by Wallstead. But Ascot, it's like this, said Keene. Dr. Satan hasn't met me yet. I think he'll underestimate me. So I'm rather stupidly disguising myself as Wallstead, that stupid fat fuck Wallstead. (laughs) And going to the place where Wallstead was to have gone in the hope that Dr. Satan will trap me. In that event, his jaw squared, I think he'll be sorry. (laughs) Oh! Confident, aren't we, Mr. Keene? Keene's gonna punch a bitch. Don't come to the Millionaire's Club tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Keene tripped on his enormous balls. Um, (laughs) (laughs) He stepped away from the mirrors, and it was not Keene who moved. It was Wallstead. Oh, shit! Piece of shit, fat fuck (laughs) Wallstead. In an antique Italian cabinet, there was an extra-wide drawer. Not as wide as that fat fuck Wallstead, though. Keen pulled this out. It was a rolled papyrus that closely resembled the papyrus that had been spread wide in Dr. Satan's black room. Beside the pirate was a little stone... Pirate? (laughs) You see a door that says pirate? (laughs) the papyrus... A door that says private, Charlie. (laughs) (laughs) Not totally a power that lives there. Beside the papyrus was a little stone jar. Keen opened the jar and took from it a bit of greenish paste, which he touched to his forehead, the soles of his shoes, and the palms of his hands. Marvelous beings, the ancient Egyptians, he said softly. I recognize the blue fire that burnt my chair and would have consumed me if I'd been in there. The fire burned in many a temple along the Nile. What the Egyptian wizards concocted, they usually made fruitless by their further research. I recognize that fire as being an Egyptian fire. (laughs) Magical fire. (laughs) Must be Egyptian. I wrote wrote my my thesis paper for my master's on uh, the different types of magical fire. (laughs) You know what? This is in the 30s, so this was during, like, the kind of last golden heyday of Egyptology. Read a bunch of white people stealing shit from Egypt, but, like, that would definitely kind of make sense why this is in the story right now. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, this is, this is the kind of, this is, this is, again, pulp at its finest. This is fantastic. Mm -hmm. This is the fact that Keen would just know by looking at it, like, ah, my enemy's using ancient Egyptian pyromagic. Hmm. (laughs) Uh... Uh, Beatrice caught his arm, her eyes fearful. Keen pressed her hand. Don't worry about me, my dear. I'll be back soon, and I think I'll be back with news that this Dr. Satan, with news that this Dr. Satan, new peril to a city as yet ignorant as existence, has passed on to the hell he should have been sent to long ago. He walked to the door, moving as Wallstead had moved. His eyes met the girl's deep blue ones. Then he was gone, to be trapped by the creature who had brought to a new science of criminology, all the knowledge of ancient magic and modern research. Dun, dun, dun. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So far, so good, huh? This is pretty fucking great. <laughs> <laughs> Nine o'clock, Upper Broadway was crowded with night shoppers and moviegoers. Among the crowds near 76th Street moved a tall, slightly paunchy man who kept his face shadowed by the brim of his fucking hat. The face that many in the city would have sworn was that of a ghost of the dead Wallstead. Wallstead's been dead for all of like an hour when this took yeah. place, or maybe even like 
15 minutes. Everybody and knows yet- that Wallstead had died. He was that fucking fat. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I, re- it, it, I just realized this is 1935. We're in the midst of the Depression, right? Yeah. Yeah. No wonder this thing is so keen on killing millionaires. <laughs> this, this whole narrative. <laughs> Socialist hero, Doctor. <laughs> <laughs> Except Doctor Satan's also a millionaire. Yeah, he's, he's using his money. He, to- he, he's like you know one of the guys that I don't know, he, he's like Dolly Parton. It's <laughs> fun. He, he's 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 working the system out from the inside. It's yeah. going to be really crazy later on in this story when we get the reveal that Doctor Satan is a young Bernie Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> You see, I'm actually from Vermont. <laughs> All right. <laughs> On the northeast corner of Broadway 76, a trash can showed. What? <laughs> it showed. It just, it wasn't there. It just appeared from the shadows. I'm, I'm, I'm picturing like a Broadway marquee with flashing arrows and a, and, and yeah. a sign pointing bang, to a trash bang. can. Yeah. The man now disguised as Wallstead crossed to the can. He had to take a shit so bad. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Under his arm was a small parcel done up in the newspaper. He dropped the parcel in the can and walked on. Without a backward glance, he rounded the next corner. But once around the corner, Keen stopped and went back, moving like a shadow. He peered through the double angle of a corner plate glass window at the trash can, and he saw a sinister miracle. (laughs) The can was of wire with interstices. Interstices? 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 Whatever. In its walls through which the contents could be seen. It was a fucking wire trash can. Shut up. Paid <laughs> hey, by, hey, by the word. Paid by the word. Paid by the word. The can had been half full of refuse. Now the old papers and odds and ends of trash seemed to be melting away like water, draining down through a hole. Lower and lower the contents sank till finally the can was empty. Keen shook his head a little, eyes gleaming like ice. Transmission of substance through empty air, he breathed. One of the secrets of nature no man is supposed to have unlocked. You're a terrible adversary, Dr. Satan. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> None it's in the crowd. time you recognize me, King, you beautiful bitch. <laughs> None in the crowd so close to the can had noted the way the refuse slowly disappeared from within it. But Keen had caught it all. Moreover, he had seen that the trash had disappeared first from the north side of the can as though it were flowing in that direction, melting into thin air as it flowed. The north side of the can, toward him. Kane slunk into a doorway. His quick eyes slunk. His quick eyes roved over the Broadway crowd. And in a moment, they rested on a figure that tensed his body as a hound's body is tensed at the scent of a fox. A tall, shambling man. Across the street from the trash container, was walking slowly toward the 72nd Street subway entrance. Under his arm, arm was held a parcel, done up in newspaper. Keen's lips thinned. Dr. Satan was making sure he saw the parcel and followed the carrier. He stepped unobtrusively from the doorway and into the Broadway crowds, where he followed the tall, shambling figure to the subway entrance. Was the tall figure that of Dr. Satan himself? Or was it one of his helpers? Keen did not know. But he did know that he would have shot the man down in cold blood on the chance that a diabolical Damn! career would have been nipped in the bud. Had he not been fully aware that no weapon as crude as an automatic could prevail over an opponent like Dr. Satan. He Damn does right. keep that thing on him, though. Yeah. <laughs> you better fucking believe. <laughs> I, have, I left my magic gun in my other coat pocket. Damn it. Can a damn thing change? I still keep that thing right in front of my shirt. <laughs> about to air it out <laughs> the tall figure got off the subway at a Greenwich Village station Keen followed a block behind his body was taut and stretched as a, his body was taut as a stretched tendon he knew he was to be trapped to be brought to a carefully devised death he knew that Dr. Satan had for the moment dropped all other plans to concentrate on removing him so that he could follow his criminal career unhampered could he stay unharmed in that trap he had overcome the man was his intellect the equal of that which could cause solid matter to dissolve and reappear in another spot he was prepared for violence as he walked along the dark village street after the tall figure he was ready for anything from a bullet or knife or some other shit in the dark (laughs) to an attack and a deduction whatever by a masked man springing on him from the dark areas 
But he was not prepared for the thing that actually did happen. <laughs> Suddenly, clowns. <laughs> <laughs> At- Suddenly, nine other Wallsteads jumped out. <laughs> Their mass <laughs> choking. <laughs> <laughs> At one moment, he was following the tall figure. At the next, the figure ahead had disappeared, and Keen was still moving forward, though he had willed his body to halt while he gazed around to see where the figure could have gone to. Moving forward against his will, against the conscious command of his brain. Passing on. Keen strove to stop, to walk to right or left. He could not. His muscles were driven by another's will. And now another thing happened, and thing even more frightening. He began to lose his sight. Oh my a god, typo. a typo from 1935. Holy shit. I'm keep, he lost his sight. The dark street, the partly lighted buildings lining it, the sidewalk before him all slowly faded from his sight, but his body kept moving slowly, surely forward. In a moment, he was blind. He could not see a thing, but his feet seemed a- seemed able to see. They bore on. Yeah, he was fucking blind. He's still fucking moving. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> they bore on him on with a stumble, raising for curbs, lowering for cutters. No shit. Levitating. <laughs> 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 Ask Hawkeen, no clip through the world. <laughs> <laughs> Thus, with no man forcing him, apparently, blindfolded as surely as if thick cloths were tied over his eyes, Keen moved to the will of Dr. Satan toward the trap. Not really a trap that you walk into if someone just kind of forces you into it, but he felt himself turn. Under his hand was an iron railing. He felt himself going down steps. A door creaked open in front of him. He walked on, totally blind, and heard the soft creak and a slam behind him. More stairs downward, hands outstretched to scrape along the moist walls of a passage, like a low tunnel. Steps again, a clang over his head as though a stone trap door had been battened down above him. Finally, a swish of drapes and a harsh, monotone voice that made every nerve in his body twitch. No need to speculate on the ownership of that voice. Its vibrant arrogance and deadly coldness told him it was the voice of Dr. Satan himself, and he was in the grim masquerader's hidden headquarters. Dun dun dun! I used, and chapter four. I used to play bass for Grim Masqueraders. <laughs> Hell yeah! Oh, <laughs> I still am having a hard time wrapping my head around a- exactly what Doctor Satan can do. Hold on, no. but this is intense. Apparently, so let's review, shall that we? That voice, its vibrant arrogance and deadly coldness, told him, "Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's me, Keem, Doctor Satan." You see that shit I did with a trash can? <laughs> That was pretty fucking sick, wasn't it? I'm gonna marry your dad. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. There it is. The two titans. The two titans, huh? That's a nice one. Yep. Do we do we want to pause for a moment to review what just happened? (laughs) So, Doctor Satan, the Super Bowl. Oh, Satan. Yeah. Uh, uh, Freaka just came in and was like, "Why are there fireworks at the Super Bowl?" Kansas City Chiefs won the Super Bowl. That's one thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, my dogs yep. have not been enjoying the fireworks outside. That's another thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Doctor Satan. Okay, <laughs> um, <laughs> man, it's hard. <laughs> he somehow hypnotized Keen when Keen dropped off the package in the uh, trash the, can. The, the trash can. I don't know the if it happened before or after that. Can. And now he's being whisked away by an unseen force to the lair of Dr. Satan or something. I'm sure we're going to get a very long monologue as to why and how it happened. Yeah, I'm all looking forward to this because these these two feel like they can't wait to monologue at each other. Oh, it's going to be great. Oh, man. Okay. Uh, Alan's going to start us on the next chapter, I think. Okay. Chapter five. Remember the two Titans. (laughs) (laughs) Just the two Titans, actually. Uh, slowly, Kane's eyesight returned to him to telegraph to his mind. Weird nightmare picture. (laughs) 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 So many bands I used to play bass for in this story. Yeah, seriously. Black draped walls closed him in. Lounging against one wall were two men. A man with a giant's torso and no legs, and a creature with a hairy ape-like face in which were set... Bright, cruel little eyes. 
I'm glad we got the description of those two again because <laughs> it, it needed, it needed repeating. Pasta, everyone. Across from them was a metal brazier. Brazier. Uh, that's one of those words I've read but never said out loud before. Yeah, a metal, a metal yeah, Frazier. Metal Brazier. Metal, yeah, fra- yes, was, metal Frazier. My brain thought Brazier as well, actually. Across from him was a metal Brazier. <laughs> How do you uh, think it looks keen? <laughs> Across I, from them at... was a robot Kelsey Grammer. Um, uh, so, uh, <laughs> Thank you. A Brazier is a large metal container in which coal or charcoal is uh, kept. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I uh, I knew what it was. It's it's just a word I've never said out loud before. Oh, I didn't know what it was. <laughs> that helps. Google is your friend sometimes. Yeah. Set on a high tripod in which a small flame flickered. In the center of the room was a metal table, bare save for a small pinch of yellowish powder. And over this table was bending the man who had spoken. Bent over the table. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, dear. Oh, like you, see, you found me. <laughs> you forced me to come here. Oh, don't ploy coy. <laughs> A figure that set the blood to leaping in Keen's veins. Really? <laughs> As his heart thudded with sudden acceleration in his breast. Are they about to fuck? <laughs> A tall figure... Robed in red, with a red mask over the face, red gloves on the hands, and a red skull cap from which protruded small, mocking imitations of Satan's horns. I swear, if you would have read that out of context, they, you, your first thought would be, this is some kinky sex roleplay about to start. Yeah. I killed a lot of millionaires to get you here, Keen. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Satan turned from the metal table. His black eyes burned at Keen through the eye holes of the red mask. The mask quivered a little as the lips behind it moved. <laughs> Welcome, Ascot Keen, came the sardonic words. We are honored that you should have gone to such trouble to visit us in our modest lair. Keen's face, looking in the red glare that illuminated the room like something cast in bronze, remained impassive. Wordlessly, he watched the diabolical figure in red. The mockery faded from Dr. Satan's voice. His harsh tone was edged with steel as he said, you committed suicide when you resolved a month ago to devote your life to destroying me. Oh, yes. Oh. I knew of the resolve the instant it was made. I have ways of knowing what is in men's minds. Do I concede that you were able shortly after that to shield your brain from me? Tell me, Ascot Keen, what warned you of my existence? Oh, yeah. How did you learn about him a month ago? Yeah. Well, which, I mean, well this is what was you. in the last chapter. It was like, oh, I heard about Dr. Satan a month ago. <laughs> Something oh, happened. Oh, that's right. Okay. But you didn't act on it until that fat fuck waltzed <laughs> 30 people had to die until he was like, all right, fine. <laughs> this guy's just some crank in a devil outfit, but he's killed a bunch of millionaires. 30 people had to die, but Wallstead counted as like five people, so I ran up the tally pretty fast. Keen stood straight and tall before the red-robed figure. His resemblance to Wallstead faded, in spite of makeup, with the altering of his expression. He was keen again, regardless of collodion painted lips and padded clothes. <laughs> a month ago, he said, I talked with the son of a bankrupt friend of mine, the boy. A wild and not very strong character said nothing significant, but I too can read a little of what is in men's minds. And in his... I caught a glimpse of a figure in Satan's red masquerade. I got a hint of the man. I got a hint of the man's background and motives. A rich bitch, still young, (laughs) chained with purchased thrills, with no more humanity in his heart than a snake. Out to become the world's leading criminal. A man whose whimsical choice of name, Dr. Satan, could not have been more apt in expressing the ruthlessness of his purpose. A sleek beast playing a monstrous game, a thing to be stamped out as soon as possible. The black eyes gleamed through the satanic mask. Let's back up. <laughs> sleek beast. Sleek beast, damn. Am I, am I to now understand that both our antagonist and our protagonist have psychic powers? No, I think, <laughs> I think Escott Key is saying, like, I did this through deductive reasoning. I think that's what he's saying. I could yeah, be wrong, that, though. 
I don't know. I'm, I'm leaning towards psychic powers right now because why the fuck not? Deductive uh, reasoning would be one thing, but you'd have to actually explain it, and I don't think our author's going to explain it, so... <laughs> Young Monroe you are talking about. Fortunately, he did not know my identity at that time. And now no one will ever know. I'll steal it, and no one will... <laughs> Monroe is no longer in a position to talk. And some papers he left behind with his lawyer have been destroyed within the hour. Again, the arrogant voice hardened. So you decide to be the one to annihilate me, noble Keen. But the roles will be reversed. It is you who will be annihilated. I marked you at the start as a man to be killed. Wealthy yourself with a fairly analytical mind. You have entertained yourself for years by scotching crime? Huh. <laughs> okay. He scotches crime. Yeah. He tapes it up. But you're... But your career ends with me, King. It ends now in this room. Hell yeah. Gers and Bostiff slowly left the wall they had been lounging against. Gers came with quick small steps to to Keen's left side. Bostiff hitched his great body with swinging movements of his huge arms to Keen's right side. Keen still stayed motionless, futile to attempt to overpower Dr. Satan physically. It could not have been done even had the gigantic Bostiff and the agile Gers not been there in the black-walled room. The walls of the trap had been, had been he had entered were strong walls, and its teeth were sharp teeth, from which there seemed no escape. But Keen's gray eyes were steadfast on the masked face of Dr. Satan, and there was no weakening of resolution in the square line of his jaw. Dr. Satan repeated an order he had given once before on that day. Sniff, he said softly. The iron box... The legless giant hitched his way to the wall, drew back a sable drape, then pulled from the niche in the stonework the coffin-like metal box. Dr. Satan stared at Keen with green-glinting eyes. The stare held, minute after minute. Keen's eyes slowly glazed. You are asleep! (laughs) groaned Dr. Satan at length. I'm asleep, breathed Keen. (laughs) (laughs) Gers and Bostiff stared at each other with savage expectance on their faces. You will do whatever I command, Dr. Satan said. Yeah, I'll, I'll do whatever you command, said Scene, like an automaton. <laughs> Take off your pants. <laughs> Slowly. <laughs> oh, oh, oh boy. No. Dr. Satan's red-gloved hand went out toward Keen's head. Oh, no. He plucked three hairs and laid them over the small mound of yellowish powder on the table. Act for act, he was duplicating the scene in which a treacherous disciple had been reduced from a man to a pinch of ashes. Oh, he's giving them the bitch death. Yes, this is how much I think of you, Keen. You <laughs> fuck. Take the lid from the box, Bostiff. The legless giant lifted the iron cover from the coffin. Within it, he could be seen could be seen scattered fine ash. Keen, lie down in the box. Black eyes gleamed with a feral light, and Ascot Keen slowly walked to the box and lowered his body into it. Keen lay there, gazing up with wide, glazed eyes. Bostiff placed the lid back on the box. His dull eyes went from the box to the niche in the wall. What? Go closer to Mike. Uh, shall I start from the top, then? Yeah, sure. Just be safe. Uh, where was I? Bostiff placed the lid back on the box. His dull eyes went from the box to the niche in the wall. No! Dr. Satan answered his unspoken question. We'll not put the box in its crypt. Leave it where it is. I want to watch this. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to be good. The red gloves, the red gloved hands clenched with eloquent triumph and revenge. The red robed figure towered in the room. Then Dr. Satan turned up. Then Dr. Satan turned to the metal box. He picked up a bit of the yellowish powder and crumbled it between powerful fingers. The tiny heap on the table burst into clear blue flames. The eyes of Dr. Satan and his two servants turned toward the metal box in which lay Keen. Swiftly, the box glowed dull red, cherry red, white hot. Its rays beat against the faces of the three, set the sable drapes to billowing billowing a little. And in that, oh my god, they're just going to kill? Wow. In that white hot metal coffin, a thing of flesh and blood was lying. Or had been lying when the blue flame began to burn. Okay. Interesting. The metal box lost its fierce white glow. The heat rays beating from it faded in intensity. Dr. Satan's red robe stirred in the deep breath that he drew. And so ends Ascot Keen, 
he said violently. The one obstacle in my path. I can be a king, an emperor, now in time. He turned to Gerst and Bostiff. Go, I have no more need of you. Bostiff Bostiff hitched his huge body silently toward an end wall. He drew aside the drape and opened the door. Gerst followed him out of it. Well, that was a short uh, story. Wow. And we're done. Yeah. Not everybody. <laughs> so much for Ascot. Okay, something's got to give, right? Right. Well, Ascot's not dead. I'm sure he has some freak up his sleeve. I'm waiting for the bullshit explanation. Alone, Dr. Satan went to the cabinet and drew from a drawer the 10 bundles of currency containing $100,000 bills apiece. The bundles disappeared beneath the red robe. His hand went toward the switch that controlled the red illumination of the room but his finger did not touch the switch. His hand remained suspended in the air while he watched the iron coffin, and his red road body was as immobile as that of a statue. The lid of the coffin was moving. Slowly, steadily, it raised to slide from the box and clang against the floor. A hand and arm appeared above the edge of the box, which was still black, black hot. The hand was unhar- unharmed. The coat sleeve above it was charred a little at the cuff. That was all. Another hand and arm appeared, and then the body of Ascot Keen from the waist up as he sat in the coffin. How? Say what? Damn, what a badass. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to tell you all how I did it. <laughs> right. Anyway. <laughs> Silently, rigidly, urgently, Dr. Satan glared at him. And Keen got out of the coffin and stood beside it. Wisps of smoke rose from here and there, from the singed garments. But his flesh was not even reddened by the fierce fire. And his gray eyes bored steadily at the black eyes behind that mask. What the Egyptians discovered, <laughs> said softly, <laughs> no. they rendered fruitless by accelerating discoveries. I read the origin of your blue flame in your first attempt on my life, Dr. Satan. And I took the precaution of using as armor some of the green paste the old priests used against the consuming fires of their enemies. Oh, fuck as, me. Oh, yeah. But he put, like, a little bit on him. Well, I guess it doesn't matter. It's magic. <laughs> as everyone knows from the magical book of rock, paper, scissors, green paste beats <laughs> blue flame. <laughs> okay, he put it on his head and his shoes. So he should, like be basically naked except for his shoes. Oh. I feel like he should. Oh, boy. Okay, sure. Uh, um, sorry, uh, everyone, guys, the fireworks are done. Shut up. <laughs> I'm just making noise. Um. Why you always barking? He took two slow steps toward the red-clad figure. You should have watched your flame instead of the iron coffin, Dr. Satan. You would have seen that the flame burned blue throughout, and it should have burned red if my body was devoured. This is fucking amateur shit. Come on, Dr. (laughs) You could have given me the death shrub. That would have succeeded, but no, you tried to give me the basic bitch death. How dare you? (laughs) Blue flame? Really, Mr. Bond? How quaint. The breathing of the red-masked man sounded in the tense hush of the room. His eyes, glaring at the man who had escaped a fate that would have overwhelmed any other mortal on Earth, were frightful. Now we are alone, Dr. Satan. Hot. <laughs> and my you pants consi- are off. You have considerately sent your men away, as I hoped you would do. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if your powers are as strong as you think they are. Oh, oh boy! Time for the dick measuring contest. The glare faded from Dr. Satan's eyes, leaving them Cold. I'll not underestimate you a second time, Ascot Keen. The Death Shrub, the Blue Flame, you're armed against those, but I have other weapons. You'll never use them, Keen growled deep in his throat. And then his hand shot up. Whoa! <laughs> oh. Sorry. <laughs> I read it. Around Dr. Satan's red robed body, a softly glowing aura suddenly formed. It was like a ball of pale yellow light which enclosed him. A lambent shell against the red rays of the room's illumination. A snarl came from Dr. Satan's lips. Grr. Sounded mu- <laughs> sounding muffled, as though the lambent shell had actual substance and could stifle sound. Straightened with the aura moving as his body... What is it? Straightened with the aura... The aura moving as his body moved. His hands moved, weaving strange designs in the yellowed air. 
and slowly the aura faded around from him. What the fuck is going on? Tendons, tendons ridged up on the back of Keen's outstretched hand. Perspiration uh, studded his forehead. Ooh. His knees were weak. <laughs> yeah. Arm, arms heavy, Dr. Satan's spaghetti. <laughs> Is Dr. Satan going Super Saiyan right now? Yes. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. <laughs> they're just they're gonna power up for the next several arcs of this story. Yeah. That's all we're gonna get. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> Perspiration studded his forehead with the intensity <laughs> of his effort to overwhelm the figure in red. The aura wood she had flung around the red robe body was one of the most powerful weapons known to occultism. A concentration of the pure form of electricity. Known as the Life Force. (laughs) Mantling a living thing as it mantled Dr. Satan, it should have drained out his life, leaving behind nothing but inanimate clay. Yet it was not harming the man. (laughs) What the fuck? I studied this shit for years, Scott Keen. Scott Keen is a Jedi Knight. What the Slowly, relentlessly, the aura continued to fade, and then Dr. Satan's hands rose and leveled toward Keen. Strange duel between two titans, two men who probably knew more of nature's dark secrets than any others on Earth. Odd battle with Keen, the force of morality, gradually beating, gradually being beaten down by the force of evil. She spell it out for us, Ma, don't you? For now, Keen's rigid arm was sinking as the yellow aura was almost disappeared from around Dr. Satan. Slowly, he sank to his knees as if a great weight oppressed him, as though, and as though this great weight was that of some intangible sea, which could suffocate as well as weigh down, he began to gasp for breath. Louder and louder, his agonized breathing sounded in the <laughs> Dr. Satan's black eyes glowed with triumph. This gets kinky at a lot of different times. It's interesting. <laughs> Just a couple of men throwing their life force at each other. <laughs> Normal Tuesday for me. <laughs> Keen could see nothing, could feel nothing, yet it was as if it was as if some colorless, invisible, tremendously heavy jelly were gradually hardening around him. <laughs> oh, <Okay. laughs> the, the red lights grew dimmer, though Doctor Satan had not touched the switch. Keen felt that he was almost lost. With enormous effort, he brought his arms up, spreading them wide at his sides. Mother of God, oh, he whispered. He's going to summon the spirit bomb. <laughs> I was going to say, this almost sounded like spirit bomb a bit ago. Like a living cross he was in that position. He T-posed. <laughs> yes! <laughs> trunk and head with trunk and head the upright and arms the horizontal bars. Mother <laughs> of God, is he calling on Mary or something? Yeah. Catholicism. <laughs> Hail Mary, full of grace. Thy kingdom, God. The Lord is with thee. Beat Dr. Satan's ass, please. <laughs> and then the, the Madonna appears and beats Dr. Satan within an inch of his life. Oh my god. Kicks. Madonna versus... If Madonna appears and, and fights Dr. Satan, this becomes the best fucking story ever written. <laughs> Dr. Satan's snarl was that of a beast. His eyes took on their feral green light with a fiendish disappointment embittering their depths. And the great invisible sea that was beating Keen down gradually receded from around him. But as it receded, so dimmed the red lights till the two men were in blackness. This time you preserve your life, Dr. Satan grated in the darkness. Mm -hmm. Next time, you leave your life behind. There was a thud of sound, like a soft explosion. (laughs) 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 Boom. Next time, began Keen, struggling to his On feet. Dragon Ball Z! <laughs> <laughs> and forcing his body toward, uh, forward through the last traces of the deadly, unseen sea. He stopped. He was alone in the black-walled room. Slowly, the lights came up again, as though shining even more clearly uh, through a psychic thinning fog. Keen began wrenching the black drapes from the walls. He found a door and opened it. Ahead of him, he saw a low passage with steps at the end. He ran down the passage! Up the steps. In a moment, he was in the street, clutching an, uh, the iron railing he had felt when he came there blinded. He was blinded. Cursing softly, fuck. He looked up <laughs> and down the sidewalk. There was, of course, no sign of the red-clad figure. Defeat, he groaned. 
Dr. Satan had made good on his escape, and with him had gone one million dollars. <laughs> he actually put money in it. Well, he's, he took he he, put, he like was pocketing the currency. Root of his first fantastic crime. Defeat. That this actually should sound like more like disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> Keen's wide shoulders sag, but only for a moment. They Then they straightened. The first round was Dr. Satan's, but there would be another time. And then, knowing a little more of the manner of being he was pitted against, he could fight more effectively and win. Another startling encounter between, between Asgard Keen and Dr. Satan will be published next month. Order your copy at your news dealers now. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Okay. So... so- at the end of this story, um, <laughs> Dr. Satan and Ascot Keen charged up their energy at each other, and then Dr. Satan left through a back door. Yeah. <laughs> but only after Ascot Keen threw the power of God and anime. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Satan was like, oh, this is cringe, and he just ran away. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ, Keen. Started talking about God and shit, and I was like, "I'm out of here." Uh, Are you trying to convert me, Keen? I won't work. I honestly thought that Asgard Keen was going to be more like scientific and use stuff that was like, "Oh, I learned the Egyptians did this." What the fuck is this glowing light shit that he pulled out of his ass? Just key. Fine. T posed and yelled, "Mother of God!" <laughs> I like that he was basically trying to Final Fantasy summon Mother Mary to come help yeah. him. <laughs> Just the vision. Can you imagine? So, like after the fact, like there, there's people on the street, right, walking around. The king just comes out of like the sewers or whatever, and he just yells, "Defeat!" Imagine Hell's wrong with by you. that. I mean, that's probably a normal day in New York. <laughs> yeah. But still. It's kind of like walking through Los Angeles or or Portland. You're just like, eh, another day. Another day of people screaming and wailing in the street. <laughs> How not unusual. Yeah. What if What if his makeup was so good he comes out and he still cut to anybody else who would know he still looks like Walstead? So it's just Walstead standing there going, Defeat! Well, his like away from me, you fat fuck. His disguise is like slowly falling apart, so like the seams are coming undone from his fat suit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, a man like dressed in like a decaying Santa Claus outfit bursts out of a (laughs) bursts out of a hidden door and just silently curses to himself. So he's just like, "Fuck shit! God damn it! God fuck damn it! Shit! Hate this!" Defeat! <laughs> I mean that that is LA. So. <laughs> oh man! Well, now I gotta know what happens next. Mm-hmm. That's a hunt uh, down issue too. Oh yeah! Is that a biplane in the artwork? Sorry, I scrolled down to the next one: the Drome of the Living Dead. There's yeah. gonna. Yeah, I'm tempted, but honestly, no. We gotta stick with Doctor Satan. We gotta see Doctor Satan through. Wow. Um, yeah, no, we're, we're maybe some of this other stuff another time, but <laughs> and we'll probably we'll probably do another story after this one and then come back to Doctor Satan. But yeah, I think like, that's fair. Yeah, we can't we can't uh, we, let's not do too much of a good thing. Let's yeah let's, uh, we'll leave some time. Yeah, we can't all Doctor Satan all the time. This is Doctor Satan is not completely taken over this channel yet. May, may I address the audience? You may. Listeners, I demand fan art of this encounter. (laughs) (laughs) Post it to wherever and link it in. I I don't know what your your guys' mechanism is, but (laughs) I want to see Dr. Satan versus Keen dressed up as a fat man duking it out whichever way. Beth? (laughs) (laughs) Please? Like if someone could also like in the same like writing style rewrite the end of this story where they just fuck each other, it's gonna be most encounters. I'm, I bet. Yeah, God, these two are and so horny for each other. And just send and just send that to me <laughs> <laughs> for research purposes. 
About for research man. purposes, uh, I'm gonna jerk off to it. <laughs> <laughs> Good. <laughs> that's the new writing. That's the new writing challenge. Charles <laughs> Allen, yes or no? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the uh, the new undercooked analysis writing challenge. Get Allen off. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, I'm gonna start writing shit now. <laughs> this sounds like a promising career. <laughs> oh, you'd be surprised. Like, like, I. Damn, Kayla. <laughs> no, no, no. There are people. I, so, I, 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 let's just say I've looked into. What, uh, what secret does Kayla know about me that she's about to do? <laughs> no, no. I, I've looked into like uh, re- writing uh, erotica and like how lucrative it is, and it's surprisingly lucrative. But how it works is you have to write constantly. Like you always have to write something like something that's like a short story, make it horny as fuck, publish it. Women eat that shit up, but you have to like write so on a monthly it's like, basis. It's like a YouTube career. You have to just constantly pump out content. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> on a monthly basis. And oh, that, that explains why Chuck Tingle comes out with something like just about every week. <laughs> oh, speaking of Chuck Tingle. Hey, that's a good segue. Did you know that we're going to be reading? One of his books on the next on the uh, in the next season of Darkly Lit, another fine podcast distributed by the Creative Horror Network. You can check that out on creativehorror.com, along with other shows like The Jameson Tapes and Midnight Marinera, The Witching Hour, Trick or Track, and more. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, and if you want to hear the drags for this episode and other fine extra content, including uh, Alan. There are uh, there is one in the can recorded episode. Um, uh, the second episode of Alan Drinks and Watches a Movie, or Alan Drink and Watched a Movie, whatever it's called. Um, that should be coming out, uh, probably, I think, next weekend. Nice. Um, yeah. And I drank and watched uh, Angels in the Outfield, because we talked about it during Kazam. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I also oh. attend... I also intend, intend to record a mini episode where I drink and watch the trailer for Winnie the Pooh: Blood and Honey too. <laughs> oh joy! Ugh. Wow. Well, I feel it seems like I ended up with a better deal here in that respect. Uh, at least when it comes to the to, to, to answer the question, I one of the books I pitched for the next season of Darkly Lit is Camp Damascus. Oh, that's yes. uh, his horror book. Uh huh. Yep. Yeah, gonna give that a look. See if it's good. Horror novel about a gay conversion camp. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I'm not adding anything because I've already read it. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, patreon.com slash creative horror if you want to support the show. Any amount helps. We always appreciate it. Money goes toward helping us do cool shit. Like keep the website running, which it did. And actually, thank you, patrons, because we did uh, pay the fee for that just recently. And you helped. There we go. Yeah. But yeah, uh, more Dr. Satan in the future, but uh, we'll figure out what the next story is. Abysme. Thank you so much for uh, setting this up for us, finding this, prompting us. Alan, thank you both for being so bemused at the cover that this became the thing that we do. And uh, Matt, happy birthday. Yay! Happy birthday. <laughs> Yay! Oh, cheers! Woo! Good evening, intrepid listeners. This is the Pasta Shade, the host of Midnight Marinera, and this podcast is part of creativehorror.com a network of podcasts and creators working together to build a constructive community of horror fans. For more content like this, visit us at creativehorror.com. <laughs>